everybody. Welcome back to another episode of DIY University by Sally Beauty. I'm your host, Amy Berger. And on today's episode, I sat down with textured hair and nails extraordinaire, Asia May. This was such a fun episode to record and Asia's personality is infectious and so fun. We chatted everything from how Asia gained the confidence to educate and empower women, the trials and errors of her DIY journey, and how to just embrace it. Check out the show notes of this episode to connect with Asia online and keep on listening. We are being joined by Asia. Hi, Asia. What's up? What's up? Oh, see, you're going to be fun already. I knew it. So, Asia, before we dig into all of the amazing things that you do and how you're going to teach us how to do all of them, give me the scoop on you. Where are you from? Uh, Where did you learn your techniques? Um, And where are you now? Okay, well, thanks for having me, Amy. I'm up in here super hype and happy to be a part of the DIY University by Sally Beauty. So I'm here in Dallas, Texas, actually, and my name everywhere social is Asia May. And what I like to do is help people by creating DIY videos, really helping them to understand how to break down complex thoughts, processes, and techniques and make it really simple, you know, digestible, like... I can do this type of digestible. So I'm really happy to be here and just kind of help out with that, answer questions and put the girls on like you got to get all the tips today. I love it. And, you know, I need the tips the most. So that's why this is perfect for me. Um, now, Asia, you do nails and hair, right? Yeah. In your videos. Mm-hmm. I'm the girl. I like to do it all. I like to do it myself. You do it all. Now, speaking of that, did you train yourself or did you go to school? Like, how did you get all of the knowledge that you have? I got thrown in the pool, you know? <laughs> that's how you learn how to end, swim. And then swim. Learn you know? how to swim. Yeah. So I started doing my hair really young. And. And I learned how to braid at about 10 years old. And in learning how to braid, I actually caught the attention of a stylist that lived on my block. She was like, I keep seeing your hair look so good. I keep seeing your siblings' hair, like your sister's hair are always so cute. How in the world are you doing this? And I was like, I just braided myself. So she took me under her wing. She taught me how to do sew-ins. She taught me, you know basically all of the stuff that she knew and let me practice on her head. Like she was my mannequin, which was pretty amazing. And it set me up just to be able to have clientele in college because I had about six years of practice and I was just really confident in what I did. So that was the start of it. And just learning how to do natural hair came a little bit later. It was very trial and error. I got my first relaxer when I was four. My mom was like, girl, your hair is kinky. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, there was not, you know, as much education as there is now. So she was just kind of overwhelmed. And I was a crybaby, really tenderheaded. Like, one time I told her, mommy, you're pulling my brains out. Like, you're pulling my brains out. She was like, girl. So she relaxed my hair. And there was just a lot of lack of education in my family and in my community when it came to natural hair. So when the natural hair movement started happening, I remember my sister cut her hair first. And she was wearing her hair for like two years. And we used to call her Kramer because she didn't know how to like (laughs) define the twist outs and stuff. And it just stood straight up on the top of her head. So that was like not a pillow 
appealing to me. But then a couple of years later, after she went back to relaxers, <laughs> my mom big chops. And I see my mom's hair and I'm like, I wonder what my texture is. It was just that moment of like, do I really know myself if I don't know how my hair grows out of my scalp? Like, mm -hmm. how can I really be adulting and not know what my hair looks like? Uh, so at 19, turning 20, I was like, okay, I'm gonna take the leap and I'm just gonna cut my hair. I tried to transition. I'm not patient enough for that, okay? Mm -hmm. I was like, this straggly hair, what am I supposed to do with it? Like, so I just cut it all off. And pretty much after that, it began the journey of me learning through trial and error, first and foremost, how to take care of my hair, trying new products. I did not know what to buy. Mm -hmm. So I literally went to a local beauty supply store. I spent like $50 on Elastic QP. <laughs> Oh and, and I was like, this is not working for my hair. <laughs> and so I took it back. And back then, they actually accepted returns. Nowadays, like, yeah. they don't. So I don't recommend anybody buy, like, a whole product line. Like, try a little bit of things at a time. But through the trial and error process, I finally learned what my hair likes. And then using YouTube videos, right, watching gurus and seeing what they're doing. They had been in the game for, like, mm -hmm. 10 years, 7 years, and just learning from them. Also, I did a lot of research. I'm really big on reading articles. I'm really big on understanding stuff because when you are knowledgeable about something, I feel like knowledge gives you confidence. Mm -hmm. So for me to feel confident in styling my hair, I was like, I'm definitely going to need to understand what my hair porosity is. I'm going to need to understand what steps I need to take. So, yeah, that's how I started. And it's just kind of evolved into now I have the experience. Now I have the journey Mm -hmm. And I want to help somebody else who's in the same predicament. Right. I love the knowledge piece that you touch on, too, because it's not always just about the trial and error, right? It's about actually doing your homework and figuring out yeah. what works for you. Um, I also really loved when you were talking about, you know, instead of trying to form your hair into something else and buy those products, really embracing your own. What would you say to those young people out there um, that might be in that same struggle of like, I want it to look like this. I want it to look like that. I mean, I might have straightened my hair for years instead of finally just being like, you're Italian and you have curly <laughs> hair, girl, like time yeah. to own it, you know? What, what do you say to those folks out there? I think it first starts with visuals. Like, I would tell that person to find someone with their hair texture and just watch, mm -hmm. just see what they do. Because for me, that was the most freeing thing. I was looking for somebody with my exact texture and mm -hmm. saw it nowhere. I saw just people styled hair and I was just like, what am I supposed to do with this texture? How can it look? I had no ability to see the possibilities to what I had. So I think when you're out there and you're looking for inspiration, you know, the first step is seeing it, seeing what you have and seeing the potential that it has. And sometimes it's easier when you see it from somebody else. But also, I would say just to embrace it. Like, and I know that's like, well, how? I think the first step is just wearing it and getting comfortable with finding styles that fit your hair. Mm -hmm. I think when stuff is more put together and, and well-kept in a way that feels comfortable and authentic to you, it's easier to embrace it. So I think out-of-the-box thinking, trying new things, it makes it more real to you. And you can think of it as like, I'm taking what's on the inside of me. I'm taking my personal creativity, this visual I have inside of my brain of what I would like to look, and I'm just packaging it up, channeling it up to my hair. And that way, when people see me, not only do they see 
you know, the authentic Asia, but they also see my creativity. They also see what I can do mm -hmm. and just know that your hair is versatile. Whatever texture you have, like whether you choose to wear it straight, whether you choose to wear it curly, like it's about you being comfortable mm -hmm. and it's about you feeling like your most authentic self. It just should never be a point where texture envy keeps you from being able to comfortably rock your hair, how it grows out of your scalp. Mm -hmm. And I've never really thought about that as being something that then affects your confidence, right? Or, you know, how you show up um, is how you feel, um, mm. you know, or how your hair makes you feel about you. So um, that's such an important point. Now, tell me how you made the transition into nails or how you added that on, because you are the DIY master of nails. And and uh, just as badly as we all need your tips on hair, we desperately need them on nails. So. I feel like I have like the perfect experience when it comes to DIYing nails because my very first video that I made, I got so much hate comments. Like, <laughs> girl, you need to just go to a salon. Like, I don't know what you're <laughs> thinking, but um, I see bubbles. And it wasn't a lot of helpful criticism, right? Mm -hmm. So it was things I didn't know when I first started. Like, I didn't know I couldn't use a cotton swab to clean off my press-ons before I painted them. I needed to use a lint-free wipe. Who told me that? Nobody. Mm -hmm. Like, I was just doing what I thought I should do. And so I am truly a testament to anyone that you can start anywhere and always think of it like this. Your favorite nail tech, your favorite hairstylist, that person started out as a student. That person had to learn. And though people are talented and creative and have different things that they naturally have, True artists, people who are really killing the game, they practiced, they learned, they took in information to get better. So for me, it was just like, I'm going to learn through trial and error. I'm going to learn through watching videos. I watched YouTube videos on how to do like gel manicures, press-ons with gel, and just really challenged myself to practice. So every week I would change my nails and I would record it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know how to record. <laughs> so <laughs> And yeah. just change that mindset that every mm -hmm. mistake is really just a learning opportunity. Yes. Um, I think I've just had a lot more learning opportunities than everyone yeah. else. Yeah, and it's okay to make mistakes. I'm not going to call them mistakes anymore. And, and, you know, I feel like when it comes to nails, like – Mistakes are so creative. Mm -hmm. Like, it really helps the design and it helps with your own personal uniqueness. Yeah. Sometimes I wonder how many of, like, you know, the sparkle or swipe or, you know, any of those techniques actually started from somebody making oops. a mistake, you exactly. know? Exactly. And then, like, moment. oh, yeah, that's so cool that paint does that when you drop it. Right. You know, on your how nail. do you think we got abstract art? You know, right. someone didn't like I intentionally draw circles. Like, it was like, ooh. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. actually, let's go. I know. I like that. <laughs> now, along the lines of trying some things and seeing how they turn out, is there ever a trend that you can remember that maybe you tried and you were like, nope, not for me? I would have to say most of my moments like that are like middle school, man. The, yeah, right. Like, because I told you I started early when it came to doing my own hair. And when I was in middle school, I used to wear the flip, man, the flip, mm -hmm. the the little Kim flip or the, you know, mm -hmm. ugh, it just looked so trash. And now I have a picture that is forever in my husband's possession. I don't know how he got a hold of this <laughs> picture. He took a picture of the picture. Yeah, in the hallway at your man, parents' house. I'm just like, man, this is so trash. But if I could take that back, I would. I would definitely. Yeah, mine involve a curling iron and a lot of Aquanet. But 
<laughs> Similarly, <laughs> I would love for those to be gone as well. Yes. Now tell me this. A lot of folks have given me a lot of tips and tricks with things that maybe you wouldn't naturally assume as being in your beauty bag. Do you have something that's unconventional that's like a secret tool uh, that's somewhere in your bag of tricks? Honestly, I don't, but I would say something that I do is I use anything as an accessory. Like, honestly, anything could fly as a hair accessory, like safety pins. I created a braid that was basically down the middle of my head, and I put a whole bunch of safety pins on it. A little dangerous, I mean, but... It looked really cute. Yeah, you can't get on an airplane or go through a metal detector, but it looked awesome. But it looked amazing, and it was just unique and different. I really saw a lot of people like, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try it. I have to get on a plane later, so don't get me arrested, but I'm definitely going to try it once (laughs) I get home. I mean, if somebody tries to run up on you, you have a way to protect yourself. I mean, yeah, you've got it covered all all directions. (laughs) Pin some uh, pepper spray to it or something. I love that. Now, when you were talking about some of the products, um, you know, that are your go-to products once you sort of found your jam in your space, if you were in a Sally store, what are the five products you can't live without? Not necessarily brands, just products. Well, I love deep conditioner all the time. Every time, deep conditioner. That's <laughs> All gonna of be, the times. <laughs> yes, because deep conditioner is such a good thing to use after shampoo. Simplifies my routine personally. I don't like a whole bunch of steps. So deep conditioner gives me that extra moisture and just replenishes. And then oftentimes you can get a deep conditioner that also doubles as a protein treatment too. So I love deep conditioner. Another thing, I would say like croco clamps. Like, I don't know... How many people have heard of croco clamps? But basically, they're just small little clips that you can use when styling your hair, or you can also use them when you're uh, washing your hair. But I love them because of the fact that they're really inexpensive. Usually, you can get a pack of them for under $10. And then I'll just use them whenever I style my fro or my straightened hair or I'm washing. And it just helps with overwhelm. Usually, my hair is a lot, you know, I'm just mm-hmm. looking at it like, which section are we going to start on? <laughs> so the clamps help with keeping everything organized, making you feel less overwhelmed. Okay. And so, yeah, that would be another product. And then I would say I love a good gel. Um, I mean, you said no brand, so I won't say a brand name, but just you a good gel. Uh, just a good gel. Because yeah. I feel like everybody needs gel when it comes to edges, especially. And then also for like twist outs, braid outs, because I love those styles. They last longer for me anyways. So that would be one. Love it. And then oh, I love all the ones good? that are cheaper, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do, too. Did so. you have another? Well, yeah, I do. I was going to say thermal heating caps are my favorite. So basically, like uh, a heating bonnet or something that you pop in the microwave, and you can put this on top of your hair as you deep condition. And it allows you to be really mobile and to walk around rather than having to sit under a hooded dryer or be plugged into the wall with a blow dryer or whatever while you're trying to process your deep conditioner. So I really love that. It's really convenient, especially as a twin mom. Like sometimes I deep condition while I'm cooking or, you know, it's just really good to be able to walk around while you're processing your hair. So I love that. And, you know, it's a great segue. What do what are the tips and tricks you give out to the moms out there? You have twin daughters that are four. Yeah. So you are a busy lady. How do you combine some of those tips and tricks um, just to make life a little bit easier? 
Yeah, I definitely recommend getting your kids on a routine when it comes to their hair. I think it's really easy, too, with little kids to do, like, more protective styles, especially if they're natural. So I like to do my daughter's hair in, like, flat-twisted styles or braided styles, and you can make them happy about it by giving them beads. Mm -hmm. (laughs) My girls are like, Mommy, am I going to get my beads so they could shake them? They just love shaking their beads. And then also I like to use deep conditioner with my girls, too. And to make wash day a lot more comfortable for them, we always have like an iPad or something Mm because they need to be comfortable. (laughs) And then, yeah, using deep conditioner allows that hair to be moisturized for a longer period of time. So that way, when you're protective styling, you really don't have to worry about the hair being too dry. You know, it's really good just to have a really solid wash day routine. And Mm -hmm. even using a leave-in conditioner and an oil, too, makes a world of a difference for girls because... Their hair, they're always playing. They're rolling on the ground. Like, my daughters will literally put their head back and drag their head on the carpet. I'm like, didn't we just finish doing your hair? What are you doing? So just, you know, making sure that they're prepared and sealing in that moisture is a good thing, too, just to keep them good to go for as long as possible. And maybe making that a family affair, too. You know, kind of like a fun family tradition. Self-care day. I love it. Um, So wrapping up here, just a couple more questions for you. I know, you know, the platform at DIY University by Sally Beauty was a big piece for you in terms of talking about, you know, what's available um, to women with textured hair to certain communities that maybe have been underserved in the past. Um, What would you say to your teenage self or to the girls out there that look up to you as, you know, really an icon who's kind of breaking down some of those walls and saying like, you know, this is important and, uh, you know, here are all these different options that we didn't have before. What do, you, what do you say to those girls? I would say explore the new options. Like, I wish there was as much options as there are now when I first went natural. And I wish there was as much information as there is now. Like, don't feel like you have to do this alone, like you're solo dolo. You have, like, a Sally crew. You have this DIY University by Sally Beauty at your fingertips. Take advantage of it and really tap into some of these products because they are game changers. They're made with better ingredients. They're cleaner and they're going to make a difference in your hair routine. So just try it out and don't be discouraged. That's the biggest thing. Embrace your texture. Don't be discouraged and tap into this knowledge and these amazing products. Oh, I love that. We are going to end on that note because that makes me so happy. I will probably need your cell phone number so I can call you when I'm making (laughs) mistakes. But how does the rest of the world follow you on social media, Asia? Where do we find you? You guys can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Asia May. And you can also find me on YouTube at Asia May Beauty. Feel free to hit me up. I'm always down with answering questions. And if you're a TikToker, I mean, I'm at Asia May, so you can find me there. But if you're not, it's cool. Just find me somewhere else and I got you. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much for being here, Asia. We can't wait until you come back uh, and give us some more tips and tricks. And that's all we have for today. But keep joining us um, to everybody out there so we can continue to help you unlock your potential. Potential.